Hello, friends of Soul Kitchen. Thank you for listening to my podcast. My name is Jasper Mutsaerts. I'm an entrepreneur, adventurer, coach, and wisdom seeker. With Soul Kitchen, I interview people that inspire me. From TED speakers to social entrepreneurs, from activists to artists, from dreamers to seekers, from business people to spiritual teachers. With Soul Kitchen, I empower people to live their quest. Each episode contains a recipe for life. What is your quest? Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of the Soul Kitchen. I'm sitting in the jungle of Costa Rica, a beautiful place. It's a house of Andra Corals and Andra Zaya, two entrepreneurs, manifestors, channelers, retreat leaders, um, originally from Romania. But they also spend some time in Vienna. Nowadays, they're based in Costa Rica. And in September, they will organize a one-month reset experience, a one-month retreat in Costa Rica. And today, we will talk about their lives, their project, the relevance of taking a reset, maybe the fears that some people uh, might have. So, uh, yeah, really excited uh, to meet you today. And maybe, Andra, I will ask you a question first, because I met you on LinkedIn I think you added me, if I remember correctly. Do you remember um, why you added me? Like, was I shown on, let's say, maybe you know this person, or do you remember how it happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if I added you or you added me. Uh, so I'm not sure, <laughs> but I do remember how it happened because I wrote your message. Okay. Um, and I remember dreaming your face. <laughs> this is very personal, but I remember dreaming your face. And then I was like, I know this person. Mm. So um, I think that's usually what happens with people that come into my life afterwards, like in the future or something. And I dream about them. And then when I meet them, I'm like, wow, we have a destiny together. <laughs> so this is this is what was happening back then. And now we're sitting in the jungle in Costa Rica <laughs> and we're having this podcast. And it's all very beautiful and synchronistic. And this is what I think Costa Rica does. It's just bringing people together. It's bringing people together. Yeah. So maybe I added you or you added me. I don't remember. Uh, but I started following your, uh, your posts because I like that you were sharing posts about your projects. And I like when people uh, share something about stuff that is not yet finished, right? So you can follow a bit the process. And then I met you at the uh, Envision Festival. Uh, why did you go to the Envision uh, Festival? Was it for uh, some to get some inspiration for the retreats? Was it a more private mm-hmm. thing or a bit of both? Well, we didn't really get to the festival itself. We got to the after party. Ah, the after party, after right? Party. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, we went there just because it was very spontaneous. So we just had a coffee there where mm-hmm. the party was taking place. And we heard the music going on. And me and Andrew, we said, we need to be at this party. We really feel called to, you know, party and dance and let everything go and so on. So we're like, okay, let's just go. So when we met there and I saw you just like popping up, I was like, wait a second, we know each other. <laughs> the LinkedIn connections. Yeah, it's really yeah. funny how that uh, how that goes. Yeah. And um, tell me more about your projects afterwards. I go to you, but the reset project. What is it about? Mm-hmm. And why did you decide to embark on that project? Um, the reset project, well, it started, I think, around four or five, maybe more months ago. I mean, let's say six months ago, the whole idea. Um, 
because I set the intention. I went into the forest in Romania and I set the intention that I want to be hosting a retreat this year. And I didn't know if it's going to be in Romania or in Costa Rica. Like, I didn't even know by then if I will come back to Costa Rica. And I just said that I feel like doing another retreat this year. And then I just let it go, you know. I feel like you're setting an intention, you're letting go, and then you're really open to how this will um, come to terms or how this will be manifesting. So I think two months later, I was in the jungle um, in Costa Rica. I was alone. And um, I met, synchronistically, I met this lady in the jungle that was living there. And she said, uh, I have so much land here. I have so many houses. I've always wanted to do something. Maybe I, I will do a, a restaurant or something. Like I will create something here. And then I was like, well, wait a second. I had this idea with the retreat. So maybe instead of like the retreat, I'm going to build a retreat center. So the whole <laughs> thing blew out of my <laughs> Suddenly you were going to build a retreat center. Exactly, in Costa Rica. You know? So then I was very sure of myself. I was like, this is what I need to do. This is my dream. So it all came into meditations because I'm doing Vipassana meditation mm -hmm. every, every Sunday. And in silence, like a lot of ideas come, um, especially when you are not distracted and you can just meditate and go within. There's so much silence, especially like if your mind is not into this overthinking mode and then you can really channel a lot of ideas and insights and this is how it came about. And yeah, then I was like, yeah, it will be called reset, like all the ideas, it will be called reset with it. We'll have 10 participants. These people will help me build it. Um, we're going to move here, maybe build a community, but that would be, the community wasn't so clear in my head. It was more like, Let's see, you know, like who will come. My dad will come to help me build a retreat center. So it will cost this much. So I just wrote everything down in like two pages mm -hmm. um, very, very fast. And then I sent it to a couple of my friends, which uh, Andra is here with me. And I sent it to her and I sent it to like maybe two, three other friends. I also knew back then which will be the facilitators mm -hmm. at the retreat. So I sent it to them as well, um, to the Vipassana teacher, to the cacao. Um, goddess of Vienna to this and that, you know, my ex-partner <laughs> that I was doing retreats with. So, yeah, I had this whole image in my head. And um, then uh, I got really good response also from Anna and from other people saying that, oh, my God, I was almost waiting for this to happen. Like, it was, it was really like somehow in making like Andra was waiting to come to Costa Rica for such a long time and she was almost like feeling like what is what is gonna be you know in Costa Rica what will call me like she was waiting for this you know and um, this is what other people were telling me that it's so beautiful you know like how I'm just being a manifesting generator I'm just putting this here for people to come together and build mm -hmm. a retreat center so this is actually how it started um, now we're not building a center, mm -hmm. we're just having mm -hmm. the retreat. But uh, So is the retreat center the long, long-term long dream still? Still, yes. Like 80% of the dream is still there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's amazing. And what I like about your project is that it's a one-month uh, retreat, so it's quite a bold uh, project. Mm -hmm. And I spent two months living in Pachamama, and six months ago I spent one month living with innate. Mm -hmm. It's like a one-month co-living. But I like the idea of one month because it's a more fundamental reset. So now I go to the other Andra, Andra. So can you tell a little bit more about yourself and why you are kind of excited about a reset project? Yes, sure. Um, so I would like to share like uh, how I met Andra. 
it was uh, yes a very beautiful story about how the universe brought us together. Um, a friend of mine sent me um, Kundalini uh, teacher training in Vienna, and uh, I went on their Instagram to see you know if I feel it, and then I saw Andra as um, as a host, as a guest. Um, doing a session there and I saw her name and I thought well she she must be Romanian too so I'll just check her her Instagram and then I saw what she does and I resonated with her so much I thought wow we have so much in common so I followed her and then the next evening she wrote me a text um, and we ended up having coffee and then we talked for 11 hours <laughs> 11 hours yes <laughs> so we met for brunch that's a good amount yeah, we, amount. yeah. <laughs> we met for brunch and we left uh at 11 in the night when and everybody was so worried uh, for us like what are you doing because <laughs> meeting uh, somebody for the first time you don't expect to spend 11 hours but we just couldn't stop sharing our experiences and we're so in awe of the vibration that we have together and the chemistry. And uh, so, yes, it became an instant connection, an instant friendship, and it felt like I knew her since forever. So this is how we met. And then um, I've been having this dream of... Um, making um, uh, a reset and I actually was thinking about naming it reset for many years now and uh, just an experience uh, in which people can um, immerse and uh, whether they are going through you know a big change in their life um, you know ending a relationship wanting to change their career or just feeling like they are they need something to get them out of their current situation, but they don't have that impulse or maybe they don't have that um, motivation or the tools, you know, to get out of the situation that they're stuck in. Um, so I've been having this vision for many years. And um, when I did my first retreat in Ibiza, it was a one-week experience and I already saw how much can happen in one week. So when Andra told me about her idea and that she wants to do it for a month, I just felt like this is, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is it because a week can change so much, but then you need also some integration time. So maybe... A lot of changes happen, but then when you get back to your quote-unquote normal life, maybe those changes slowly fade away. Maybe you're not able to integrate all that you experience or, or the ideas that come up. But doing um, one month uh, retreat, you have the integration time. So you can better anchor in your system whatever changes happen there. And you have more time to reflect. And so it felt much more holistic to mm -hmm. me. And I am very passionate about holistic healing. Um, so when she sent me the, the voice uh, message, I just, I felt a surge of energy in my body. And I am... Um, Yes, I, I relate very much on an emotional level. So my, my emotions tell me a lot about, you know, 
where to go in life. Um, and yes, when I saw my reaction, I just knew, okay, this is, this is a clear yes. And I'm mm. in, and I'm so grateful and so excited. And this is the thing that I've been waiting for, for so, for so many years. Mm. And I knew being a generator, I have to get the opportunity ah, come to me. Yes. Uh, and um, so when it arrived, I just knew, okay, we're doing this. I can imagine you're excited, especially because it's a longer uh, project and let's say a five-day retreat. So what, in your opinion, is the, the magic sauce behind taking a one-month reset instead of taking, let's say, a five-day reset? Like, what's the difference for the people uh, that will participate? Well, the difference is, as I mentioned, like you have time to anchor and also uh, to anchor the experience and to reflect um, and you get a lot of tools on all levels. So we have the mind, we have the body and we have, we have emotions and we have like a, a soul quest. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we don't just focus on, on one thing and in a week, maybe it's more difficult to integrate all that, or maybe you can, but you cannot go to a, such a deep level. Hmm. whereas if you have four weeks you can really dive in deep and then get the support that you need um for for every part of your being mm -hmm. so i think uh yes it can really change your life it can really reset your life so uh, the the anchoring is important and the holistic approach and and yes. taking time off and i'm curious to listen to your personal transformation stories or reset stories i mean that's my assumption that you've had to sort of reset yourself so maybe i start with uh, with you i mean the listeners can't see me but i'm pointing to one person and you're also you brand yourself as madame reset yes i like personal branding for for five years i branded myself as the startup coach mm -hmm. At some point, I didn't feel right anymore. So now I rebranded as a soul kitchen. Mm -hmm. You're Madame Reset. Can you tell me more about your own reset experiences in life? Um, so I, I also consider myself this reset artist. <laughs> but I don't know what that is. So a reset artist. Yes. So I'm just uh, experiencing it and... Um, living it while it's coming out of me <laughs> you know i'm uh i'm curiously like co-creating this um this role um but i do help so i have clients right now that i help in their reset experience mm -hmm. so for example um one of the clients he's going more from a corporate um corporate world he's being said okay i'm the ceo of this Big company, very successful. I loved what I did, you know, for like 15 or 17 years. But right now I'm discovering so many things about myself and my essence, my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to integrate that into like my identity that I created for 15 years, you mm -hmm. know. So um, then they want to, whether you call it spiritual or not, you know. So some people, I discovered that spiritual side in themselves all of a sudden, you know, because I feel that. In the collective, a lot of um, shifts are happening right now. So many more people will probably start to wake up to being like, wait a second, I have a purpose, you know, and, and it's not like uh, running this successful business, but actually helping humanity. So um, 
this is what, for example, one of the clients is going through right now. I'm doing shamanic journeys and I'm discovering, you know, that my, you know, my son is going through like this crazy awakening experience as well. So he's starting to open up like his worldview to many other things, like whether it's psychedelics or shamanic work or uh, mindfulness and so on. So he needs somebody like a support to be like, where do I go from? What do I do? Um, so this is what I'm helping with is just to be like, well, you know, you can take your old life and integrate the spiritual concepts concepts into your uh, old life. And you can let go of the identities that you've created for yourself, mm-hmm. because this is what, at least for me, reset means letting go of identities. Mm. Like, um, because we've, we've managed so well to acquire a lot of identities mm-hmm. during life, whether I'm a daughter or I'm a, like, I was a successful growth marketer in Vienna and a yoga teacher, you know? So then I was like, well, if I reset everything and I'm going to burn everything away, will I still feel worthy? Mm-hmm. And for me, that was quite important last year to notice that I'm still worthy, mm-hmm. even if I'm not a growth marketer and a yoga teacher and all these things that I put up on my stuff. So what identity um, did you mainly let go? Is it the yoga teacher? Is it the growth hacker? Or what, what is it actually? Because you're still, let's say, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, so what is the key identity that you had to let go? I had to let go of all in order to be here, in order to create like the community that we have, in order to for reset to appear in my life because we had also discussion with Andrew yesterday and in the community, like you really have to let go of everything that you're holding onto in order to make space for the new things. Mm. Um, and it doesn't happen the other way around. It doesn't happen with, uh, you know, like uh, maybe I work a little bit less and then I can take the next, you know, the retreat. So I do a little bit of my job and then the retreats in the meanwhile, like my passion project, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <clears throat> so for some people it works. But it's still like you're holding on a mask or you're putting on a mask and then you're taking it away and you're your you're authentic self, like in the rest of the time. Yeah. And universe or God or spirit or whatever, it doesn't feel like that. It really <laughs> wants you to be your full fucking authentic self, like yeah. all the time. And it's not easy, but once you let go of everything yeah. that you have and you're supported in a space, you know, with like healers and shamans and in a community, then you will see, oh my God, like I've been, you know, like waiting for this for my whole life or like this is who I am finally, you know, so it's much easier to let go. No, I recognize that. So I already interviewed people um, for 10 years, first in my own blog, then for more, let's say, business magazine and now Soul Kitchen. But initially I did it more as a side project, but now I put it more in the center Mm. of my activities. And of course, with the podcast, I don't make money, but I put it more at the center and then people start to see it, they're enthusiastic, and then a lot of things are coming. But putting side projects at the center is uh, is difficult for people. There might be some fears, right? So what type of fears are you encountering most in maybe people in general or maybe people that you meet through your new project? What type of fears? Mm, yeah, I would love uh, for both of us to answer this question. I think it's quite quite good question. For me, there are no fears mm. actually, um, because um, I went through like a, I call it a spontaneous spiritual awakening one and a half years ago, um, and since then a lot of things have shifted for me where I can just fully trust something. You know, like if something comes to me as a message, as a channel message or whatever, I can fully let go and trust that. So whatever challenges come and 
I'm meeting like also weird people on the way, right? <laughs> um, right, that or like maybe there would be this doubt in my head of oh my god, what if, what if it doesn't happen or what that you know like what if you don't get the participants? But at the same time, I don't have this fear because I know that it happens for a reason, right? And then. I will be my best version, you know, birthing that uh, reset, you know, and if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be at the same time. So I cannot have this frequency of fear because it's not going to help anybody. Mm -hmm. Definitely not going to help me, you know. So Vipassana helped a lot to let go of worry, fear, doubt. So then we go to you. So can you share first about your own reset experience? And then maybe you can include also a bit uh, fears that other people might have around resets. Mm -hmm. So I went through my, I started my reset experience uh, about seven years ago Mm. when I felt like I had hit rock bottom and I was very depressed, struggling with anxiety, with panic attacks every day. And my body just from one day to the other started to have these weird symptoms Like, I was fine the one day, and the next day, it just was overwhelming to live. Like, I developed overnight social anxiety, loud noises were overwhelming, I was feeling everything very intensely, like I couldn't focus at all, I couldn't be present, which was so untypical for myself, because I was very full of full of life and very present or or mostly present right so it was a kind of a shock to me and I didn't understand what was happening and of course I did all the clinical tests and I was clinically healthy so I thought okay this must be something spiritual because well the doctors say I'm fine and but I'm feeling all these symptoms in my body and I feel like I'm gonna die like the um, the feeling was that of okay I'm dying like I don't know when but it's gonna happen soon so of course in in hindsight it was like a more of an ego death or like um that of the old identity but for me back then I wasn't interpreting that that way so I thought well I might just be dying. So, okay, that's it, I guess. Um, but, of course, I, I, I was hating the situation because I, I couldn't be there for my friends. I couldn't be there. I couldn't live my life, right? So I was uh, desperately searching for ways to, to get back to my old self, at least to my old self, right? So um, I started looking in the internet and just um, asking around and to look for some guidance and see, okay, what arises, where am I being guided, maybe this workshop, maybe this thing. I would try anything, right? Because I was very desperate. Um, And so life guided me um, through a beautiful sister uh, to a shamanic journey. And I really didn't understand what that was about. She said something about a drum. And I was so, like, in my mind was going, you know, very, very fast. And I couldn't focus. And I just heard something about a drum concert. And I, but my feelings said, you know what, I'm going to come, right? Whatever this is, I'm going to join you. So we get there and there's these people laying on yoga mats and there's this sacred atmosphere. And I was never in a workshop like that. So I was like, 
wow, <laughs> what is going on? Um, so we sit there and then the leader of the workshop asks us to set an intention. And I asked for grounding uh, and for clarity because my, my mind wouldn't stop and I wouldn't feel my body. I felt super disconnected from my body. And so I, I set this intention and he started to drum. As soon as he starts drumming, my mind stops and I'm starting to feel my body. And I cannot believe what is happening. Like, how is my mind stopping? It hasn't been stopping for months now. It's been going crazy. So my mind is just so peaceful and so clear. And all I'm thinking is, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this, right? So the journey ends and I just feel pure bliss. I'm feeling so thankful and I'm thinking, what is this magic? What is this? Like, what is this? And so he explains like how the drum works and that it connects you to your subconscious and that it can reconnect you to your intuition and to your spirit guides. And so it's basically putting you back together, what is disconnected, right? Um, so that was fascinating for me. And I thought, okay, I have to pursue this. And in the meantime, I started practicing more and more yoga because I was having these physical symptoms and I knew I have to do something with my body to ground. So I started getting into yoga and I realized, wow, like I'm doing this so naturally. It comes so natural to me. So maybe it's also a gift that I should look into. So I started doing yoga more and more. And um, so this really opened the door for me to get into these spiritual tools. And then, of course, the universe brought more and more people into my life that were resonating with my dream and with my intention. And I got to uh, do like a training in energy healing, in quantum energy healing. And I was, my mind was like blown away because I was always a very, let's say, intellectual person that would try to, you know, explain everything with the mind. And I studied science of nutrition. So I, for me, it was all about science and all about, you know, intellectualizing things. But when I saw like how this um, quantum energy healing is working, I, I felt it. And I was like so mesmerized by it that I started, started to, to study the science behind this. And I saw it's quantum mechanics, it's quantum physics. So it is explainable by science. So that got me even more excited. So this is really how, how I started going into yeah, my spiritual journey. So the shamanic journey was a kind of a turning point and you got out of your mind into, into your body, kind of a mystical experience. And then if you have to summarize, like what, what does that specific experience bring you? A new sort of awareness or a new sort of view on life? It connects you to a part of yourself that gets disconnected by the way that we live in Western society, at mm -hmm. least. I feel like we get born we are born with this holistic way of living with this all our senses are connected we have our intuition we have our you know we are present as children but then the way that we live might disconnect us from feeling our bodies from feeling our intuition from accessing the wisdom of the heart and we get into the mind and we stay in this mind space 
which from which I mean the mind is beautiful when you want to solve a math problem or like a science thing but then when you want to take a decision in your life I think you you would be more it would be more useful if you felt it with your heart because the heart's wisdom can tell you much better you know which way to go mm-hmm. it's it, it's a it's a different way of of guiding yourself so you had a certain uh, transformation you struggled a bit with anxiety you had the shamanic experience so for whom is the reset experience because does everyone need a reset or or whom actually needs a reset in your opinion well definitely anybody could could profit from this experience because i think we are all on a journey of healing all our lives or of finding ourselves i don't think that it ever stops and we kept shedding we keep shedding old identities um and layers and layers of trauma or whatever it is that has been built up in our lives so i think anyone anybody would profit from this but especially somebody that feels like they're lost or they need a change in their life or they need some tools maybe because like the uh, frequency of the earth is raising and so there's a lot of depression and anxiety and a lot of people are feeling this and they don't know what to do so they go to a psychologist or they take like antidepressants but maybe that doesn't help them so much so they need a more holistic approach a more sustainable approach to their problem so i think yes it's it's for anybody <laughs> that is for anybody and what is your view on the um, ideal participant of your uh, yeah your your project mm. i would have to go with anders opinion on this because um, we've had people interested in the reset that uh, range from 27 working in a corporate or like 23 working in a corporate and then 75 going through a reset and the spiritual awakening mm. and wanting this kind of like support in okay i want to take the next decision of my life i want to live my life more um you know organic like from the heart but i don't know how to do it even though i'm 75 so i want to come to the reset you know so it's very It's very difficult to put a label on this and to be like, okay, this is a target audience. Because mm. um, I'm coming from marketing, right? I've been like, <laughs> 10 years in marketing. So to be like, okay, you know, like from uh, 20 to 30s and then, you know, blonde hair and uh, <laughs> they, study, they study, you know, the marketing and they have a PhD. <laughs> It's not like this. They eat this yeah. and they have this hobbies. It's definitely not like that because I think... Uh, As Anna mentioned, like the frequency is raising, like now as you know, we are in a time of change, in time of war, and a lot of like things are happening in the world and people start to feel both depressed, but also like desperate for something more. So in the Western society, it's like I, I'm living my life, I'm doing the same thing every day, I'm in this rat race, you know, rat race, matrix or whatever. But it doesn't fulfill me because I don't know who exactly I am. And this is how I started on my journey. So the start journey in 2017. I even had a spreadsheet and with different sheets where I would be like, 
uh, learning about myself through different tools. Like one sheet in this Excel spreadsheet would be about chakras and chakra framework. And then another one would be a personality test. Another one would be the gene keys. Another one would be the human design, you know? So like, I think I would have like 10 sheets, you know, <laughs> learning about myself because I'm so passionate about this, mm-hmm. you know, to just be like, who am I? Like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. It was 2017. And then I said, well, if I'm putting so much uh, effort and thought into discovering myself, I would love to offer that to people, like just this space where can they can discover themselves and the purpose. This was in 2018, you know, and I said uh, three months of discovery bootcamp back then where they have the space to discover. So then, you know, <laughs> having to reset, it's like three months. Well, three months, people will never, you know, sign up for three months. Let's make it one month. Thank God. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I think it's difficult to say like who exactly it will yeah. be and we will probably know when the retreat will be finished. So it's a hard question to answer, but what I hear in your answer, definitely people that have a curiosity to dive deeper into self-discovery, yeah. uh, regardless of their background. Yeah. And you mentioned a few tools. So uh, human design, it's something you mentioned with the manifesting generator and the generator. We also mentioned the gene keys. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of touched the surface, but I've never done, gone very deep. But can you share a bit about this tool and what it can bring uh, to someone? Which of them? The gene keys. And the gene keys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a free reading after. As, <laughs> as a podcast host, you need to ask specific questions yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, well, Zinkies is just like one tool out of many. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely encourage people to look at everything. And I'm not an expert or I'm not into deep into one tools because I feel that they all kind of have the same conclusion at the end. They all form a bigger picture, right? Whether it's astrology or the galactic man calendar or Jinky Sulkin, like they all share some story about you. And then you can create your, uh, you know, your bigger picture of like who you are at your essence and your purpose and so on. But the Jinkies in that sense has helped me because I want to share about my experience has helped me a lot uh, in terms of giving me validation and confidence to follow my dream, because it's quite um, it's quite self-explanatory and it gives you like, this is what you need to do. This is your purpose in life. This is what keeps you healthy. This is like you know in love. This is how you manifest things, prosperity, and so on. So it you basically get a framework or a reading of who you are at your core you know like your dna has certain imprints and if you decode because each there are numbers so for example for each number there is a shadow aspect a light aspect and a cd or like enlightened aspect Mm -hmm. like the best possible scenario for you would be to get to that stage so for me it was 41 like that's the main number and 41 is all about making dreams come true like my dream you know, but also other people's dreams. So when I knew this, you know, that it's, that that's the only thing that I need to do. It's not about like saving humanity. It's not about like any, like any crazy things like this, but it's more like I have a dream. It sounds stupid, but just go for it, you know? And that was the confirmation for me. I went for it, you know? So it's really like working also more with trust. Even if you know a lot about these tools, it's more like what does resonate with you and your heart? Mm. So can you uh, um, elaborate uh, once again the different uh, tools as a, as a reminder so people that are maybe curious about tools, they can check it out? Mm. Um, tools in the reset or in general? No, maybe in the reset. So in the reset, um, 
we will start with i'm just going to share a bit because yep. i don't want to um to make the whole program you know available because i want to keep this mystery element <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, we will work with Vipassana in the beginning, so people might know or might not know about Vipassana. I'm sure that a lot of people know, and they, they've always wanted to do it, but they never got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the story that I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, Vipassana is very good for resetting the mind and seeing a lot of things about you and about how you're like about your patterns, your mind patterns. Um, then uh, we have the uh, emotional freedom technique. Mm-hmm. So EFT tapping, that's when you embody um, the new affirmations based on what you learned in Vipassana. And um, when it comes to emotions, we will be teaching like um, social presence in theater, authentic movement. So we have to see theaters for that. Um, in the body, we will probably do yoga, qigong, um, things that you already know. All the massage, let's see. Um <laughs> And then when it comes to spiritual, we'll be doing, as Andra mentioned, the shamanic journey. We'll be doing nature immersion, so learning from nature. Um, and these this things with um, the human design, gene keys, galactic mind, calendar, readings, you know, so you discover a little bit more about your purpose and issues. So some people might say that you can find, let's say, a purpose in life that is, let's say, long term. Maybe you want to improve the education system in a certain country or you want to organize retreats. And some people might say purpose is more state of being, like how you feel daily, daily joy. So do you, what is purpose according to the two of you? Is it more kind of a daily state of being or is it kind of this longer term, like goal that you set for yourself? Or is it a combination of both? I think it can be both. So um, for me personally, um, I've been wanting to know my purpose and why I'm here since I was four years old. Mm -hmm. This is what I remember. Like I couldn't sleep at night thinking about why am I on earth? Like this was the thing that I was thinking about at that age. So I think for me personally, I was always very intrigued and curious about what is my role in society or what is my role for humanity? Because I intrinsically always knew that I do have a purpose. But I also shared a vision of um, you can just be. So I find that um, you can be um, an enrichment for humanity if you are a person striving to be more aware, um, doing internal work, being mindful. Like your simple presence, uh, your simple um, embodiment of light can, you know, put a smile on somebody's face or um, inspire others. So, of course, just by being, you can already fulfill a wonderful purpose. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a personal thing, whether you feel like you have like this longing of fulfilling 
one particular purpose or if you feel like okay um, the fact that you are growing and evolving as a human being is is just as good as a purpose okay so it can be a bit of, of both and how is it according to you mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for me it's uh, <laughs> i very much resonate with uh, what andra said um I would say that for me, for example, in the Galactic Mayan calendar, which is uh, something that I've been learning with a shaman in Mexico, it's uh, my purpose is the Earth. So in that system, at least, my purpose is to, <laughs> how, I, how my mind translated it, to create mm-hmm. the new Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means, um, for me at least, it means that I would love to birth a new way of being and living in the world, which is in community, is spreading love and light and a more joyful way of being and closer to nature and to Mother Earth and in tune with the seasons of the Earth and more harmonious and more feminine and so on. So all of these things, um, I feel that they're missing right now in our very, uh, you know, masculine, patriarchal society. Um, but at the same time, as Andra mentioned, um, purpose can be just about being. And if you are mindful enough and you can just be here now, you know, like Eckhart Tolle says, just be here now, then it doesn't really matter what your purpose is because spirit or the universe will guide you to where you need to be whether mm. it's like i'm creating this community i never had the purpose to create a community here or to gather in a circle of women right but i just was with you know my intention of creating this my dream and so on and then somehow it merged and now i'm present with this and then tomorrow i'm going to be present with something else you know so purpose can always change in that sense so it's always about we love to get attached to different things but it's really it's really good to notice that attachment as well so you say it's it's about being here right right here right now can you elaborate a bit more why that is connected to your purpose or finding your purpose Mm, yes, because I'm just going to give you an example. Um, if, let's say, I wouldn't be um, as conscious and meditating on that specific Sunday last year, I wouldn't have gotten the channel message to create a retreat center mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be here today. So in order for you to receive messages, whether it sounds weird or not, in order for you to be this channel for the divine, again, probably more spiritual than the last one, um, you have to come into a state of surrender. And this kind of surrendering of like, not your mind doesn't fight it, you know, it doesn't resist of like, no, I don't want to go there. Like my intention was to do this thing and finish this PhD, right? And then... The universe has other plans for you, you know. It's like, no, no, but you shouldn't you should be an artist. No, but I want to do this PhD. Then you have to always, every single morning, reset. And you reset by meditating and by silence. Because silence is another tool that if you allow yourself to come into, like, no distractions, no phone or nothing, and just meditate and be in this state of, like, I am here right now. I notice everything that is happening. I'm aware of the mind chatter. I'm aware of emotional state. You know, I'm aware of other things happening. But at the same time, I'm present. And then you're silencing everything down. You're also raising your frequency. And then, you know, the messages can come. And then you start to have insights. 
and it's much more clear where you need to go. But for that, you need to dilute the time a little bit, you know, to have the one month or whatever you need. So what role does silence play um, in your life? Because you touch upon the word silence and on a Saturday and Sunday you have a silence day. Uh, so what role does it play in your life? And then I go to you. Um, I started with silence only, I think, last year because I know about it from Vipassana. So there we did uh, 14 days of silence. So I did three times uh, Vipassana last year. And for me, like the idea of silence is very, um, very, very helpful when it comes to spiritual awakening and when it comes to actually being mindful and wanting to uh, heal and, and work on yourself. Because we, like this is what came to me also today, in a world that can't stop talking, <laughs> silence is like a balm you know, to your soul. It's like a blessing because... It can finally speak, you know. So you dedicating just Sunday or one day every two weeks, no phone, no distraction. You don't need to meditate. Just be in sun, just be. And you will notice that you will want to do things, you know. It's like, ah, maybe I, I go to the fridge. Maybe I pick up a book. No, no read, no nothing. Just be with yourself. And it can, it's a very powerful spiritual practice because, you are with yourself and it can bring up a lot of things. That's why a lot of people cannot finish Vipassana or like in the middle of it, they really struggle because there's so much silence. And in silence, you really see how your mind works. I see. So it is interesting that uh, when you go on a silence retreat, not everyone understands. They're like, why do you go on silence? Mm. But in the other way around, you can also ask, you know, why do you want to talk every day? So I was at Pachamama and then... Um, uh, someone i think asked um uh, i think he shared a story the, the the guru about that people ask why do you have such a long beard and he's like why don't you have a beard right it's like the other way around i did a vipassana once it was quite powerful um i was moving a lot and become became more aware of like a lot of my movements but at the time i was still let's say drinking alcohol and coffee uh, so maybe I should do another one and see how it goes. But what role does silence play in your life? And do you also do like silence days like uh, uh, the other Andra or you don't mm -hmm. do it? So I find silence also very important. I haven't taken on the habit of doing full days of silence because I haven't experienced a full Vipassana uh, yet. So mm. I'm very excited about the one in September. And... Um, my intuition says do the vipassana in september and then integrate the silence days because mm -hmm. i have a feeling a lot of things will come up uh in silence and i would like to be in a space where i am held where i am supported where there is somebody that can give me some advice or can yeah hold space for every, everything that will come up but silence in general as a meditation, like I meditate. And um, so I think it's so important because we are very distracted. We live very, so at least for me, I want to speak about myself, 
course, I'm speaking about everybody else, but I um, am living or have lived a very fast life, like um, distraction uh, with the cell phone, uh, distraction with meeting somebody, uh, having a glass of wine. So there are a lot of distractions or watching Netflix, right? So you can, you, I think we have the compulsion, the compulsion really to distract ourselves as much as you can during the day. So then the question arises, when do you give yourself the space for whatever internal process is happening in the background to really uh, become aware of that? So when do you have the time and the space to become aware of what is going on internally? Because let's say you had an uncomfortable conversation with a friend and they might have triggered something in you which if you take the time, it can show you something about you, some kind of a shadow, something you are not conscious of. And you could learn from that experience very much. Um, but if you don't dedicate that time and that space in silence so that the thing shows up, you will never be aware of the trigger or of the process that is going on. And you're just going to suppress it. And then the next thing is going to happen. And then the next thing you're going to suppress or you're going to distract yourself from. And in the end, you're going to end up with a pile of suppressed emotions and suppressed processes um, that will at some point blow up in your face. And you will not know where they came from because you have been unaware of them. And so this is what I think it's like... Uh, it's like an emotional, mental hygiene to really meditate and give yourself the time to uh, let these emotions rise. And it can be authentic relating. It can be, you know, expressing yourself through different moves. Um, there's many, many forms of silence or of um, feeling these things um, or holding space for them. But it's important to stick to one of them at least. To, to, and which one would you recommend for people to start with or to stick to? I think it's very different uh, from very indivi from from individual to individual because we are all different and we have different, you know, likes and dislikes or different um, um, personalities. So if for me it's like dancing, uh, for somebody else might be just sitting in silence. So um, my personal advice would be to try them out mm -hmm. and see what feels good because of course it will work if you try to sit but you don't feel like sitting and then you force yourself to meditate but then you never get in deep mm -hmm. so maybe it's something else for you that that would help you get into the state of holding space for your emotions mm -hmm. and internal processes but silent dancing could be a good point to start yes yeah silent dancing with no music <laughs> yes i'll take that uh, with me i never thought about silent dancing i mean i've done ecstatic dance but it's with music mm -hmm. silent dance i've never never done thank you for for sharing all your wisdom i have another type of question it's around geographical uh, movement i'm always interested how people have moved across the planet and you have chosen to kind of like start your life in romania then you move to austria then costa rica Can you share a bit about these geographical movements or some highlights or why those happened and how it has mm -hmm. been for you? Yeah. 
I think uh, I think this will be also an interesting perspective that we can both bring in because uh, Andra will probably move back to Romania. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably not want to do that. Okay. Um, I want to know about the difference also. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's a good, uh, yeah. Please share. Um, yeah. Well, I I started in Romania and I I stayed there until like my probably twentieth. Year because I did my bachelor's in Romania, um, and then in yeah, 21st, I moved to um, to Vienna. So I did my master's in Vienna, and that was the point why I moved in order to study. And then with my 21st, uh, 22nd birthday, I, I got my first job, and then I stayed there. Mm. Um, so I fell in love with Vienna, and I fell in love in Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. It can happen, right? It can happen, yeah, yeah. So then I stayed. And I love Vienna so much more than Romania at first because um, because it was much more civilized and it was much more beautiful um, than the city where I was in, for example, Cluj-Napoca, which is not a very pretty city. Um, but uh, I love the fact that I don't like German at all. So this is why I didn't like, you know, speaking German. But all the jobs that I had and the agencies where I used to work in, we were speaking English. Um, but in time, it kind of, at least since my spiritual awakening, I started to see another side of Vienna, uh, which is a little bit different than my image of like, oh, you know, the well-being and, you know, it's ranked the highest in terms of quality of living. And it is, but still, like, people are quite uh, unfriendly. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> also, like, it, it's gotten to a stage where also with Corona and so on, where people... Um, shy away from each other and they're pretty cold and distant and traveling to Central America I never expected to travel to Central America um, I really wanted to travel alone for a year and then basically I said here you know and just put the <laughs> it was some something like that just put the finger on the map um, but being here like both in Mexico and in Costa Rica and seeing how people live here and the vibration and that everybody's so kind and they live so so much closer to nature and so on and um, they are much more they exude this warmth about themselves it was it was very beautiful and very like different from Vienna so I said okay I'm gonna I'm gonna move here um, I'm still not sure when and so let's see but my parents are still in Romania so right now I'm in between Romania and Costa Rica so mm. a little bit there with my parents and a little bit in, um, in Costa Rica but the plan is not to go back to Vienna or Romania no the plan is to actually stay here <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how and like to see like what the future will bring in terms of investing here something you know so that I can get the residency permit mm. uh, that would make it so much easier but at the same time, you know, whether it's uh, this or Mexico or somewhere else, uh, maybe Thailand, like I have no idea. Honestly. Mm. And the retreat center is your dream that it will be built in Costa Rica or you're still open to where it will be? Um, I I love Costa Rica. I love the vibration here, the people, like everything seems much easier. So I would love to, to do it here. But at the same time, I'm also open so not attached to it will happen here you know so let's first see like test out the reset concept and then we'll, yeah, yeah we'll see what's next it can be tricky to plan too much ahead before mm -hmm. you have experienced it um 
as you know, I will do two retreats this summer in Portugal. And mm -hmm. I also have this idea or maybe I'll do it multiple years. Mm -hmm. But I also want to experience it first. Maybe, I don't know. Let's see how it goes. So you also had similar geographical movements. Can you share a bit why they happened, how they happened, what they have meant to you and a little bit the geograph geographical plans you have or ideas? Sure. So I left Romania when I was 18 and I left to do my bachelor's mm -hmm. and I only planned to stay for three years and then somehow I got hooked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was fascinated by all the different opportunities that I um, had there because I was interested in contemporary dance and um, so I thought, wow, this is a um, city with a lot more opportunities than uh, what I would have had maybe in uh, my home country. And I also felt like I needed to get away from uh, my hometown just so that I initiate myself in, in the art of life. Mm -hmm. I felt like if I stay too close to my parents, I won't develop that independence that I was so much yearning for. So I pretty much chose to throw myself in cold water and came all alone and moved to Vienna, which was very overwhelming mm -hmm. because I expected uh, embracing community of people and um, I didn't expect these uh, cultural differences at all. I didn't know anything about Vienna. I had been once there, but just for a few days. So it shocked me a lot, but also I was too proud, I think, to say, okay, I'm giving up and going back to Romania. I thought, okay, now I made a decision, so I will stick to it and see what, what happens. So I stayed and uh, then I really fell in love with the city uh, and I started meeting also, also other people. You also fell in love there or only with the city? Uh, well, later on, <laughs> yes. Later on, I did, I did. And um, yes, yeah, so I, I ended up there for like 12 years also. Yeah. which is incredible because I was always saying, yeah, in two years I will move back. In two years, everybody was expecting me like, oh, she'll yeah. move back in two years. And then it got prolonged and prolonged. And I think now people have completely lost their faith that I'm ever returning home. Um, but I really feel like um, I have, you know, done everything that I needed to do there. And I completely detached myself from feeling like I need to be there and so I plan to move back to Romania this summer uh, just to experience how it is to live in my home country <laughs> and because also uh, the spiritual community or the conscious community in Romania I've seen it develop uh, at a very high rate in the last couple of years and so you see cacao ceremonies ecstatic dance shamanic journeying so you see a lot of work that i'm very passionate about so i think that i would maybe be able to bring what i what i have learned uh, back to the community that i left um and see see how that goes but i'm also not attaching too much to any idea like if I'm not gonna you know or if I feel the calling to move to Costa Rica well I'm definitely gonna do that so if you look back at these three uh, regions and you have to summarize every experience in in one word how would you summarize each of these three yes so 
Well, Romania was um, basically from kid to grown up. Mm -hmm. And then Vienna was re-educating myself. Mm -hmm. And Costa Rica <laughs> is healing. <laughs> is 100% healing. Yeah. Everything that had still to be healed or to integrate or yes, it feels like uh, it's a full circle mm. now that I'm here. So Romania from kid to grown up, Vienna re-educating yourself and Costa Rica healing. And for you, uh, if you had to summarize each ex geographical experience in, in, in one or a few words. I think for me, Romania would, um, would be family and roots. Um, Vienna would be professional development and professional growth but so much more I, like right now you know just in one word that comes but actually Vienna brought me so much um, and Costa Rica is remembering remembering mm -hmm. so what are you remembering about myself ah. <laughs> what I need to do so what did you forget then in the other geographical areas that you're now remembering mm. i forgot as and as andra mentioned like uh, we're starting to forget the moment we're born <laughs> ah. because um i think you know we're born like so pure and having all the wisdom and you know like we have this destiny plan for us and we know that but then parents and school and society and everybody's telling us who we are what we should do how we should eat what relationships how we should make money like we're fed by these belief systems and then we forget so mm -hmm. and there's basically like we forget that we have our own wisdom and that we should be closer to nature and all these things that actually feel good to us right it's just like if you look into it, like what does it feel better to be in a in a box, you know, live in this uh, small cubicle and work your whole day or be in nature the whole day. Like, it's so obvious that you should be in nature. You know? like, what the fuck? And, then, and then what happens is that the mind comes in and it's like, no, no, but wait a second, we have responsibilities and we need to work, like, we need to provide. Like, you can't think like that. You can't think in terms of joy and passions and dreams and nature. Like, what is this, you know? Mm -hmm. So we have all these stories that, of course, like it's just like illusions, illusions, illusions. I see. So I really like your um, uh, your summaries. And my assumption is that you've never answered this question before. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> That's what uh, podcast guests sometimes likes because it's kind of um, you reflect on your life in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes my guests they've been in podcasts, let's say one year or two years earlier, but it doesn't mean it's the same. So the key concept of the Soul Kitchen is that listeners can learn about recipes for life and that my guests kind of share like a recipe based on their own uh, life experiences. How old are you actually? I'm 32. 32, and you? 33. Okay, so based on 32, <laughs> uh, 33 years of, uh, of life experience uh, so far, what is kind of the recipe uh, that you want to share with people? And it might be related to resetting lives, but it can also be something else. Yeah, so I think, um, as I mentioned, just to give yourself the time and the space to feel what is there, whether it's an emotion or a thought, 
and then to reflect upon that. What does that tell you about you? Or what does this emotion um, tell you? And then also to look for tools that help you know yourself better. Because, um, yeah, we don't learn in school how to, how to get to know ourselves. Um, and um, so maybe we are unaware of a lot of the ways that we act and are. And I don't think that our parents or our friends um, tell us <laughs> like that. Hey, you know that you're like that. It's not a common thing to do. So we have, I think, this uh, responsibility to look at ourselves and to reflect and if you do that, and if you attribute just a little time every day to reflect, to find a tool that suits you of self-discovery, I think you are going to possibly leave, lead uh, a way more fulfilling and um, soul-guided life. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For you. Um... For me, I think it would be like three, three ingredients. Um, the first ingredient is follow your curiosity. Um, instead of like, because there is this thing of follow your passion and passion and then people get so overwhelmed, but I don't know what my passion is. <laughs> it's like, no, okay, start with your curiosity. What makes you curious? Is it history? Yeah, but what can I, philosophy, what can I, you know, do with philosophy? It doesn't matter. Just follow that, learn a lot about that, because obviously, like, your soul wants to acquire that information, and it will lead you into different places and meeting people. So I think that's the first one. Follow your curiosity. The second one is be kind. So that's the second ingredient for me. It's very important to be kind to each other something that I don't think we can get enough of, like just be compassionate, even if it's hard, you know, to give, to hold space or to listen to other people, just try as much as possible to be kind and share that kindness with others. Uh, and the third one is... Measure four. Oh. <laughs> Share one more ingredient. Okay, okay. I will have a bonus ingredient. <laughs> the spice. Yeah. Um. So the third one is to always trust that you are guided. So you're always guided in life. Like even if you your mind thinks that you're doing mistakes or you feel lost or you took a wrong decision or anything like that, you are guided on your journey. Like whether it's, whether you believe in something, right? It's God, your spirit guides, fairies, dragonflies, whatever. You are being guided every step of the way. And when you know that you are guided, it's so much easier to let go of that doubt and trust and inner critic and all these things. Um, and the bonus is have courage to reset your life. <laughs> I needed to say it. <laughs> <laughs> we said a lot. Yeah. That's the curve. Well, thank you very much for your for your recipes. I think they're very valuable um, uh, for the listener. And I do agree. It's important sometimes to reset your life. You can do it a few times in life. I think a pitfall is that people think that once they've chosen that they need to stick mm -hmm. to it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as if it's better to stick to it and uh, that, that it's kind of bad to change. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think it's really important to reinvent yourself. If people want to know more about resetting their life, so not necessarily about your project, but more in general, 
do you recommend a certain book or movie or podcast that is kind of maybe related to this theme? Hmm. Well, I think uh, Eckhart Tolle, Be Here Now, is a very important, has been a very important book for me because as Andra said, just learning to be present is going to bring you so much insight. It's going to bring you so much knowledge and you're going to realize a lot of things um, by being present. And we are so not present. <laughs> we are like the mind is just wired to think about the future or reflect on the past. And of course, it's like a dance. We have to be like these observers that catch the mind, do that and be like, okay, coming back to the present moment. And we always like a, like a parent to a child, we tell the mind, okay, I see you drifting, but now let's get back to the present moment. It's okay. It's no problem that you drifted, but then doing this practice and um, yes, always coming back to the present moment. So I think this book, this book uh, could, could help you if you, if you need to start somewhere. So the, the power of now, right? The power of the now. Power yes. Of now. Yeah. yes. And uh, I think I, I walked, um, part of Santiago de Compostela I think the first time was like eight years ago and then I, I read it but I should read it again because now maybe I have a different understanding mm. for you do you have a certain resource that you recommend maybe tied to the theme of resetting mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes um, direct message me <laughs> and we'll start uh, working together probably because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to like guide people on mm -hmm. their research journeys. And I feel that there is so much, you know, as Andra said, like it's so different for everybody. So I cannot prescribe, for example, Vipassana, even though like that's my main tool, right? Mm -hmm. Go to, that's my resource. Or like I also agree to the power of now and that's has been so, so paramount. Like pre-awakening, after awakening, like you get different insights, but um I still think that having a guide, like a spiritual guide on this journey mm -hmm. would be very, very helpful because mm -hmm. sometimes like you don't trust yourself and then you are looking to resources as a crutch. And mm -hmm. I also had this kind of clients, you know, being like, I don't trust myself and I don't trust the wisdom that I'm receiving. So then I'm going to, you know, look into like, and they read so many books, you know, mm -hmm. and then they were looking at me. Okay, now give me the next book, give me the next book. And we went like that for some time. And then I was like, okay, that's it. You know, just no more books, no more podcasts, no more nothing. Mm -hmm. Since my awakening one year and a half ago, I, I didn't read anything. I didn't listen to anything. And now people are, are telling me, hey, like, this is an amazing thing. This is an amazing, like, group, workshop, book. I cannot like I picked up also the the, the book from um, Eckhart Tolle as well and I read the first things and I can't because I need to be coming back to myself you know so just this trust of like it's okay like you have a lot of things already in yourself mm -hmm. that's what we said with Andra you know we're not going to do courses anymore and yes. listen to things because <laughs> we have all the answers yeah, so just like coming back ourselves so that's why yes. the silence is so important that's right silence, yeah, yeah. So if people want to participate in the um, uh, reset experience, so practically, how can they sign up? They can do maybe an intro call. When is it? Can you share a few practicalities if people want to participate? Mm, yeah, of course. So we have a website that will probably be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's also on, I think, your website right now, um, where they can find more information in terms of like what is included in the price, what is the price, um, so everything uh, that they need to know in terms of details. And then um, for me, it's important that there would be this call, as you mentioned, like, you know, an introduction call or something mm -hmm. so that they feel our energy and really be inspired of, you know, like how we actually got to create this and so on. I realized that that's very important for people. And then they'd be like, okay, you know, like I'm ready. I'm going to send, you know, a deposit, whatever that is, is more like a, uh, an intention, you know, like, sending this money, like $3, $50, whatever you have, so that I have the intention to come in six months. You know, it doesn't need to be like, I have all the money now and, you know, but at the same time, there is some time until September. Yeah. So just setting the intention together. And then also, like, I would love to offer people that come that we also talk once a month so that I'm there in the journey for the next six yeah. months. Oh, that's mm -hmm. nice. So if finance is an issue, then you can kind of work it out with, let's say, payment plan. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you for sharing all your wisdom. Is there anything else that you want to share uh, with the listener today? <laughs> I mean, we could go on forever. The soul kitchen doesn't know any time limits. Because exactly. uh, there's no time limits. Timeless. The soul yeah, kitchen. Timeless. So feel free to, to share more if you want to. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I think uh, it's I think it's very synchronistic, like how we met and how we did this podcast yes. mm -hmm. that, you know, where there are two Andras that are doing the reset, like everything about this feels so magical. Yes. <laughs> in the talking today, like I'm, I'm also giving talking readings and every day there is another energy of the day. And today we're in the energy of the monkey. Mm -hmm. um, and the monkey is about play and magic and illusion. So it's really like the one that is dispelling illusion by playing and being the inner child. And I think it's also very synchronistic, you know, that we come together and we play. And, you know, we're yes. not taking this too seriously. Exactly. <laughs> um, we're having fun and we're talking about the magic of Costa Rica and how people can dispel their illusions by taking a reset. So, yeah. Just I hope to <laughs> For you, anything else? Um. I think I think that's it. Yes, that's I feel it. very full, very full from this conversation. <laughs> very grateful. I enjoyed it very much. That's good. Well, mm. thank you very much for uh, sharing your wisdom. I think it's very uh, uh, inspiring that you're doing this one month project. I'm very curious who will show up. Mm. It's a big uh, decision for people, you know, to take a month uh, out mm. of people's lives. That's let, let's say another conversation that we could have for an hour, mm. why people have this perception of time that mm. one month is a lot, mm -hmm. um, which is actually, it can be a whole conversation, um, but maybe that's for another time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think my perception of time shifted once I started taking this longer sabbatical. Mm -hmm. But initially I thought, oh, going two months to Pachamama is not so long. Uh, it's quite long, but then I was there and then some people are stay there for a year. Then you start to realize why is it actually, I mean, I can stay longer, right? So I think your perception of time changes along, yeah, mm -hmm. when you go to Costa Rica. But anyway, <laughs> thank you for people to listening. <laughs> and thank you, Andra and Andra, for this conversation. <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you. And uh, so see you soon. See you yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs>